your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. And uh, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. If you're wondering why we're laughing, um, <laughs> you might have to go to YouTube. I, I cut the very beginning part out for the audio section, uh, but I, maybe this is a cheap way to get people to go over to YouTube. But <laughs> Kyle, uh, Kyle dropped a nice joke right in the beginning, uh, some levity in this this time of of suspensions for the Colorado avalanche. So uh, obviously he it's Friday and he is here uh, with me as he is with every Friday. And yeah, we're going to get to the Gabe Landeskog suspension. Is it warranted? Is it too much? Is it just enough? And everything that comes with uh, any suspension really in the, uh, the national hockey league, we'll get to, uh, you know, the, it's almost over the first week of the NHL with uh, now be on ESPN and TNT, so we'll get in to that, and then we'll look forward to tomorrow's game against St. Louis. All of that and whatever else we decide to talk about. Uh, but as always, thank you for making this your first first listen of the day, and you can follow the show on social media outlets: LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions go to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And the aforementioned YouTube channel, which you can now watch the show video form. So, uh, yeah. Hello, everybody. And um, so quickly, I'll just get your impressions of day one or game one. Uh, we'll get to the Landeskog thing here in a second, but just throw it over to you. Overall thoughts on the 4-2 win against Chicago. I thought it was incredible. It's exactly what we needed. And me being me, a fan of all things hockey, I watched Tampa completely just being visible in their game. And I was like, oh, no. Mm. You, I you, want... you listen to this show, too, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. a fan of Locked On mm. Avalanche. Mm. And I was, I was so concerned. I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. So I was dreading that Chicago game. And it was probably one of my favorite just – I mean, it was nonstop. Every line was rolling. And there was contributions everywhere. Um, granted, they took their foot off the gas a little bit towards the end of the second period. But – I mean, that's the avalanche. They do that. But mm-hmm. it was incredible. And it almost had that tempo that that time we hung nine on Nashville. It was that. I was thinking that same exact. It had it was going in that direction. Yeah. And I think it was a combination of they let up a little bit and Chicago did change it up a little bit and and they got back into the game. But yeah, I, I was thinking that same exact game. Yeah. Same exact game. It, so overall, a, um, great first step, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, with Landis Gog aside, like that's exactly what Avalanche fans wanted and what we've anticipated all offseason. So a great first step, 81 more to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about Gabe Landis Gog. That's, you know, what everybody's talking about right now. I, I, if you follow me on Twitter, I was saying it when it happened. Why? Why would you do that? It was not called for. It was unnecessary. He was humming. He was he was looking for someone to hit, and it happened to be Kirby Doc, who was down on a knee um, when it happened. If he wasn't down on a knee, it, it still would have been a, a, a I don't want to say vicious hit, 
but he was going after it because he tried to hit someone 15 seconds earlier and, and didn't really get a good clock on the guy. I don't remember who it was, but he turned around. He was chirping to someone. I don't know if it was a ref or another, the other player that he was trying to hit. And he went up ice. Doc just happened. Uh, Kirby Doc just happened to be there in a vulnerable sit- spot. Now, that's not Landeskog's fault. But what is his fault is the act actions he took while Doc was in that vulnerable spot. I know. I mean, you can go out there and read the social media posts. I'm sorry, people. Like at some point, you need to to start looking at things the way that they are, and not through the lens of your fandom. Yeah. Because if this had happened the other way around, it would have been you would have blown up social media on how just say it was doc that hit Landeskog that way. You would want doc done for the year and don't say that you wouldn't. And you want to know how I know, because earlier in the game, Darren Helm got hit Mm -hmm. on a clean hit, a a butt check he got. And that was a clean hit. And people were running to social media. Why is there no penalty on that? So you have to turn your fandom off on stuff like this. It was a nasty hit. It was a vicious hit. And Gabe Landeskog's my dude. He's you know he's one of my favorite Avalanche players ever. That doesn't mean he's immune from retribution and and or not retribution, but uh, my my wrath, yeah. <laughs> whatever that that is worth. It was uncalled for. Uh, but the question. So we'll talk about the hit first, and then we'll talk about the the uh, punishment. Everything about it was so weird. But now, like you think about it in context with the preseason is this does Landis Guglin did he hear us say hey it's time to step it up you got the contract step it up because he went crazy in the Minnesota game he was headhunting in the minute in the Minnesota game and everybody was like wow vicious Landy this is what we need well we got what we asked for and I mean that was like less than four minutes in the third period and that game was it was pretty much over and you could you could go back I mean, and watch you can watch that clip. Like there he was looking for someone. He was jarring at every Blackhawk he was passing. And yeah. I don't understand what he's trying to prove there. Like he just, was just mad at something. I, I don't know what it was. I didn't I didn't see back enough if he got hit or something and nothing was called. So he said, you know, the stuff in the preseason, you know, when when Kadri got cross checked, he's defending his players. I'm everybody's cool with that. That's not a problem at all. Um, you know, you're, you're squaring up with a guy. This was completely unnecessary and uncalled for. And I, dude, I, the game wasn't in hand. I mean, it was four to two. The way that they're playing, you, you feel pretty good about the outcome. But now you're down. You don't have him. Obviously, we know the guys that they don't have already. And, you know, now they're on a six on four because they're going to pull flurry. It's four and a half minutes left. They get they get one goal during that power play, and then maybe they have three and a half minutes left, and anything can happen in that time frame. So it wasn't in the bag. It was a dumb move at a bad time. And we are just thankful they didn't there it didn't um injure Doc and it become a major. And yeah, Chicago could have kept pouring it on at that point. Um and not only that, and, and the suspension would have been longer. Yes. Uh, if Doc had been injured, because, you know, and I said that I had a conversation with someone on Twitter about it saying, you know, the fact that Doc didn't get injured and it's still a two game suspension uh, lets you know that it was going to be a two game suspension. That, that's the baseline. That was the, the, the least he would have gotten 
because how it how it played out is got the penalty bad hit doc's not injured two game suspension if doc had gotten injured we're looking at at double that four or five games easy and so i i honestly seeing that hit in real time i was thinking four to six uh I wasn't thinking that much. And well, maybe you can think that because Department of Player Safety is so up and down with I mean, uh Kadri their... got six. So you you think in the context of a season, like four to six isn't out of the realm of possibilities. Like six eh. is basically a playoff series. Pretty much, yeah. But that now this is an issue for the rest of the year. True. Because Landeskog is known to do this. Like he and, and this is where why so many people were questioning the contract that they gave him in, in, in terms of length, because this is how he plays. He, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, you know, in game one, he's, he's, you know, pinned in the red. So, uh, you know, that, that's, I think the way that the contract is structured favors the avalanche because in the last four, it's, you know, if, if they need to have that conversation, I hope they never do. And and Joe Sackick said he's going to retire in Avalanche, which I completely hope happens. But if his play, you know, catches up to his body, and and he because he starts playing like this, and, and which we know he does, which you know he he's a physical style of player. Um, but in terms of the rest of the season, he like he part of the reason why he got two games is because he's a repeat offender, mm-hmm. and I know he hasn't been suspended since 2017, but neither was Naz- Nazem Kadri was it outside of the realm of the repeat offender status, mm-hmm. they still gave him what they gave him. So Landeskog has done this now at the beginning of the season. If he does it at any other point during the season, he's in that repeat offender time frame now. So now we're going to be watching Kadri and Landeskog for the rest of the season and especially getting into the playoffs because if something happens, both of these guys are are, are gone. And I'm sorry to be talking about Kadri because he's, he's an innocent bystander in on this. We really shouldn't be talking about him. But that's how it's going to be for the whole year. Yep, it's just the reality of the situation. And he's the measuring stick, and it was one of the things you could point to with our exit from the playoffs. Um, so it's something that you didn't anticipate having to keep an eye on through the season. And I hope this isn't a sign of things to come because we don't need to be fighting injuries and suspensions throughout no. this season. So no, it's a great win, but let's not bring everything from that first win to the next game. Yeah, and we'll talk about the Saturday game later, but you're right. It's, it's you know, it was a great first win. Some things you got to work on, obviously, with the power play and all that. Um, but it was completely soured by this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that first 10 minutes and, you know, three goals in the first 10 minutes is is kind of like a, a distant memory because now we're without our captain for the next two games. We could be without other guys, too. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, first, we're going to hear from Bill Barr. I mean, Kyle's Kyle's a number one fan of Built Bar. Love uh, Built Bar. Yeah, it is the number one and best tasting protein bar on the market, and there is a flavor for everybody, such as coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange cookies and cream. The list goes on. And if you haven't tried any of them, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of nine flavors available, and you can pick your favorite. Uh, not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. 
four or five grams of sugar, four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. That promo code again is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we have a handful of uh, games completed. Uh, we had opening night on ESPN. We had opening, well, opening night for TNT and opening night for ESPN. So it's back on ESPN. Uh, it's the first time on TNT. <sighs> if you listen to Locked on NHL, Adam and I had, had a pretty good discussion about it. Uh, I was... I was pleasantly surprised with both of them. Uh, I, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this because if you listen to this show, you know, I've been critical of ESPN. I think I like their, their coverage a little bit more right now. It's still so early. Um, but I think both networks have great teams. Like, I don't think there's, I can't figure out if I like, like one more than the other. And, and, it that's a good thing. It's because I like them both. I think they both have really good anchors, really good play-by-play guys, really good studio hosts. I think, I mean, it's early, obviously, but right now for me, it's, it's two thumbs up on both of these networks, but I do have a couple issues, which we'll get to later, but I want you to go. Well, that's funny. You uh, welcome to the ESPN camp. Um, I was sitting there for, <laughs> ESPN opening night and the music and the fanfare and the nostalgia and it was all beautiful. It was wonderful. I was like, this is what I wanted. Then I turned on the first night of TNT and that was all I've ever dreamed of where I was looking forward to the intermission show. Uh, I love their studio show, their setup, the conversation. I love the defensive triangle. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Hate it. Hold on. I will explain. I'll explain why I like that. I like it just the, needs to be like, tweaked, but go ahead. I like the I like the speed above the goal on the shots. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like pretty I cool. like I like a lot of what TNT is doing. I like that triangle because I had my brother, he texted. He's like, What's that triangle about? <laughs> right. And see, it's and it's a it's a chance to be like, well, this is and then you get to explain the game. Yeah. And like TNT is like doing more for hardcore fans and like new fans that are just stumbling on trying to find Law and Order SVU stumble across a a hockey game. They're like, "What's this?" And then it the production on it is next level. Yeah, uh, that that's one of my issues is the triangle. Um, and and the way I'm gonna say it needs to be tweaked is they have to shut it off at at certain points. Like they're like, they had it on, there it was a four on three and it was, you know, they had the triangle and it, I get it. Like someone will ask like, Oh, what's that mean? And you can kind of explain to them what the, the reasoning behind it. But when uh, a puck was cleared and one of the defenders moved into the neutral zone, they kept the, the triangle there yeah. and it was not a triangle at that point. <laughs> it was just like uh, this is a pointing strings. arrow. It was strings all over the place. And you're like, what, what is this? What's going on on the ice? So shut it off. And then if you want to have it on, when the defense gets back set up again, then, then put it back on. So just toggle between shutting it off and turning it on is my only issue with it. 
I will say I like this better than NBC when they would put above somebody's head like their time on ice, like on a shift. And like nobody ever double shifted. It was always like you got your uh, thirty, yeah. you got your thirty to fifty-six seconds, and you're like, I could have timed that. But you're watching somebody's name and watching right. them be timed. I don't mind that so much if it's really high. Like if someone's out there for like two minutes, then put it up there, you know, because uh, that that that's okay. Um, TNT putting the the power play time clock like right in the center of the offensive zone. Kind of cool. I mean, you, you can just, you know, divert your eyes like straight up into a, you know, to the left and it, it'll still be up in the the score bug. So you get it in two spots. What? I mean, it's just an added thing. But and when, when they had that, when they had the, the time on the ice and the triangle, I then I thought, well, I'm not crazy about the triangle, but ESPN is watching this. Yeah. And TNT is watching ESPN. So you're going to have two networks kind of going back and forth and playing off each other with stuff like that. And ESPN is looking at that and saying, we didn't think of that. Uh, we need to do that and do it better. And if you think about like the NFL, way back when they started putting that yellow line for the first mm-hmm. down, like not everybody did that. I think it was yeah. Fox who did it first. And now that's the norm. Mm-hmm. So I, I and and you you are gonna have that like friendly competition between these two networks to see what one is doing, and then maybe adjust their broadcasts. And, it was, and it's and automatically tackling one of the points that you had when it came to these broadcasts that you wanted some innovation and something growing with the game. We got it on the first night with these broadcasts, and it's only going to get better for hockey fans. So I think this is a step in the right direction for both networks. So hockey fans rejoice. We are in good hands. Really? And, and I talked about this with, with Adam and you think about it now, like NBC was, was just a, a vehicle for games. Yeah. It's all they did was just play games. And there was no, uh, the, what's the, uh, the point the show oh, that's yeah. on ESPN. Dude, that is a fantastic show. That is what the NHL has needed. Mm-hmm. A dedicated NHL show that you know every day at a certain time you can tune in, get all those that day's news. They do human interest pieces, they do player profile pieces, they dig into the league. And that is what I think a lot of current NHL fans are looking for. And that is what new NHL fans are looking for that want to know more about this league. They're going to go watch that show, man. I think they've done a great job with that. You have to love Boucher hosting it. Um, like, like you said, man, this right so far it's it's aces, um, which is some things that they have to fix. So, and Linda Cohn's <laughs> also got that in the crease show as well on ESPN Plus. On Plus, I haven't watched that yet. I gotta it's, watch that. It, she does a very good job with that as well. <laughs> well, she knows her stuff, so she's she does. Very I'm smart, a yeah. huge Linda Cohn fan. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll say that I, I didn't like on ESPN, um, they had that that floating camera. That yeah. They use all the time in the NFL. In the NFL. Uh, and again, I talked about this with Adam, but for it doesn't work in the NHL because the game is is too fast and it's too back and forth, and that camera struggles to turn quickly 
when transition happens and a team goes from defense to offense and is on the go, that camera can't keep up that. I mean, it, it gets there relatively quickly, but your eyes are just all over the place because you can't center on the puck. When I saw that camera, I almost messaged you. What they needed to do was um, mimic that wild broadcast we watched on YouTube and that camera that okay. they had in that was viewing down the ice. Like on the from like play. the goalie from the goalie, I want dude. I want that in the NHL and I want that in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know what incredible. Like, it's the John Madden. It, it's mm-hmm. Madden NFL uh, camera angle. Like yep. you that you don't have to do it all the time, but you can really see plays developing in both leagues uh, if when you have that camera angle. So yeah, I hope they get rid of that. I wasn't not a fan of that, but. Um, Overall, I'm I'm very 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 pleased with uh, both networks, but I give a slight edge to ESPN right now. I don't know. I, I I didn't I didn't think the the in studio, and I know a lot of people are loving the in studio what TNT did. Uh, to me, it just needs a little bit of fine tuning. It just seemed like they were rifting a little bit too much and a little bit like unprepared. I'd say. See, Which is okay. I think some people are okay with that. But for me, uh, it just seemed like they were like, we don't know what we're doing. We're working the kinks out as we go. And that's okay. I get that. And that appealed to me because I was raised on the inside the NBA with Chuck. Right. Like like basketball, like you look forward to those studio shows. I got that feeling, that same inside the NBA feeling with that studio show. And you're right. like, I wonder what they're going to talk about. Like you right. don't even like, even if you didn't care about the game, you're like, I wonder what they're going to talk about and what's going on with them. Because yeah. they would usually riff and kind of just have no script. And if you weren't enjoying the game, they aren't either. And they'll talk about it. So, And in a way, it's fine because ESPN maybe presents themselves as a little bit more like maybe a professional mm-hmm. uh, network where TNT is maybe the opposite. So it's good to have that dynamic between the two. And one thing that I really loved with TNT was they, they uh, I think it was TJ Oshie. They were interviewing oh, the him. Yeah while he's going through pregame warmups on the ice. Yeah. That's great. It's stuff, stuff like that, that you never really thought of um, that they're doing. So good job, TNT and ESPN. All right, let's get to bet online and then talk about the weekend. So um, as with the game on Saturday against who was it? St. Louis, right? St. St. Louis. Louis. All right. So we are back and better than ever with another football season and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, prop bets, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing. Obviously, our hockey is back in action right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. That is betonline.ag. So, right. So what do we expect from Saturday against St. Louis? Not going to have Landeskog. We know that. Uh, McKinnon up in the air. We don't know yet. He needs to have a couple uh, negative COVID screens. We haven't heard anything about any screen for him. Um, But I don't think we're in any 
place we didn't think we would be at this point with him. He still has, he got, he's got to get two screens, I think, consecutive. So if he did Thursday, Friday, he's good to go. If he's got Friday, Saturday morning, he's good to go. If he's got a positive on anyone, any one of those days, he's out. So he's 50-50 right now, I would say. You know, you're going to have Bednar back behind the bench. Uh, you're not going to have Taves. So I guess number one is like, and, and I think that's a, this is the only thing, one thing that benefits the avalanche is, is being at home again. So you're, you're, you can feed off of that energy from the crowd. But once again, for the second game in a row, uh, you're going to have a different looking team. First time McKinnon's not there. Taves is not there this time. Landis Cog's not there on top of those guys. What are we expecting? Kind of just more of the same, more of the high energy and as will be okay. Or is this a lot to, you know, fix? Who would have thought that the preseason was setting us up for these weird lineups? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, yeah. Uh, if McKinnon does come back, you just swap McKinnon for Landy one for one. We, we get to it and we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but if we don't have McKinnon and Landeskog, it's, it's going to be a true test of depth. And thanks isn't the St. Louis team we got to know. So they're yeah. not as incredible as they used to be, but we can definitely try the depth out. Um, who is it going to be? Who is, I mean, what, what is the, cause you, you're, you're going to, you probably have Burakovsky, um, move up to line one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have, and then who, who takes all these spots? Like if, if McKinnon comes back, we're good. That That's your swap McKinnon for Landeskog. So let's say Landeskog is, or let's say McKinnon doesn't come back. Right. Um, yeah. what do you do? You move Burakovsky up and then who takes, who moves up to the second line? It, it's, it's a domino effect. Who takes the second line? Do you bring Comfer up Ooh. to the second? Do you bring Jost up to the second? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, or, or do you bring somebody up? Because if you bring McDermott up and who didn't even play, but if you, and if they floated him being a forward, if they bring him up to the forwards, which I guess you could do that, you know, because so then that wouldn't really hurt anything on the defensive end because he, he didn't take a defensive spot up. Yeah, I'm on that fourth line and just kind of shift everything up. Put Jost on the second up. line. That's what I would do. Dude, I, I they that second line of uh, Ranta, Newhook, and Jost, I thought started to play better as mm-hmm. the game went on. And if you look at the numbers, like the deep numbers – they did. They, they they played relatively well um, as the game went on. And as a whole, they played pretty well. Um, but so do you want to break that up? Do, do you want to bring Jost up? And then what? You bring – God, I don't know. This is this – is, I'm trying to think about this on the fly, and I don't I, – you're or, or would you bring – no, you can't do it. I was say, what do you do with Nechuskin? You got to leave him on the yeah, second line. Yeah, leave him uh this is tough this is tough but i I think the bottom go ahead those bottom two lines lines three and four are so interchangeable um right and we've been practicing that in the preseason with different lines and honestly you could take a lot of those that you really had a hard time cutting at the end of training camp and the preseason that you had to get to that that final roster cut 
give them a chance to shine. Um, make them the healthy scratch going through the season. Like, I don't yeah. know who you would put in that spot, but but I do yeah. like the McDermott coming up to the fourth, and then just against kinda... it. I mean, and all those those fourth line guys. I mean, they, they played most of them, you know, ten minutes or so. Yeah. So, can he give you ten minutes of of solid ice? I'm sure. I'm not gonna, you know, um, stress about that too much. But um, it's it'll be. I mean, this is. Jared Bednar is coming back and he's going to make decisions like right away. Yeah. And, but this goes, and this goes back. This all goes back to Gabe Landeskog. And, and if, if McKinnon is out and he's out, like he's got to know this stuff, man. Like I know sometimes your emotions, you got to keep them in check. And, you know, he, now he's putting his coach behind the eight ball and, 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 and this team behind the eight ball for a game or two. And Saturday, honestly, all lineup shifting aside, this will be Miko's chance to really shine. Um, this will yeah. be Miko's really like put the team on his back and like really get out there and show us what he's got. Um, this will be Miko's team. You'll have Miko and EJ being your your kind of your veteran anchors out there. Just let them go. Yeah. Has has St. Louis even played yet? Uh no. They're are they playing tonight as we're recording this? I don't uh, think St. So. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis. I is that that's their first game of the year? Hang on, let me check that real quick. Uh going into St. Louis schedule. Uh I think it's I think their it first is. game of the year. Oh my god, I feel bad for those fans having to sit through an entire week and your team doesn't play at all. And then you're opening up in Colorado, who's already got a game under their belt. But oh wow. I didn't know that was their first game of the year. So we don't even know we don't have anything to go on and how, how a first game for them was. So we shall see. I wonder uh, why that is. That's a very late start to get your season going. Well talking with Alan, um I know more about the New Jersey Devils than I really have ever known. They're not playing till Friday. That's their first game. It's Friday. So uh against Chicago too. Yeah. Yeah that's so, right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess, you know, this will be the first time that the blues are out on the ice, got something to play for, you know, they're they're itching to go then, you know what I mean? They they can't wait to get out there. So we're, you're going to see your, your best from, from, uh, your opponents this year, just like Tampa Bay is really. Hopefully we get a little bit of rust out of St. Louis. Like that team was a slow starting team last year. So hopefully that this long period between preseason and now we get a rusty team and, the absence of Landis Scott is not going to really be that no. difficult to overcome. Yeah. Like I said, if you, if you got McKinnon back, it's just you plug him in, you plug him in. Um, if he's not, you got to move stuff around and, but that the yeah, app should be built for this. You know, mm-hmm. we knew this was going to happen one way or another between injuries or COVID or whatever the, or now suspensions. Um, you were going to have to do this stuff at some point in the season. And, and what I had asked so many times to the hockey gods, can we just get through October? That's already gone. That, that, and it. I would put Kemper back in net and oh, sure. write, it, write it again because I think he was low-key one of the most impressive members of the Avalanche. Oh, 100%. He, just really, really standout stuff. So Yeah, yeah he's a man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, game two. Saturday and uh, definitely be talking about it on Monday and anything else that happens over the weekend. So 
thank you, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, for joining on your Friday slot. We'll not be here next week, right? You have family nope. matters to attend to. That is correct. Yes. So uh, the flying solo for the whole week, and then we'll have a lot to talk about in two weeks, pretty much. We will. So, all right. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in today and every day and making this your first listen. Definitely check out Locked on NHL, uh, where you can hear me and Adam. And we do our power rankings for the entire league, not just us, the whole the whole league. Yeah. And the Irish jig of a dryer. Yeah. <laughs> I got to know where you got that thing. That, that's going to be aftermarket or somewhere. I don't know. I mean, that thing was playing a song. That was something. Jeez, that was impressive. Uh, yeah, go check out Locked On NHL for your second listen and hear the Irish jig song from Adam's Dryer played. If that's not enticing to go listen to that, I don't know what it is. So, all right, everybody, thank you for tuning in each and every day. It's always appreciated. And uh, have a good weekend. Go Avs. Let's get to 2 0. We'll see everybody on Monday. Go Avs, go.